Welcome to another episode of the Revisited Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Kristen. This week, we are covering Lost Season 6, Episode 14, The Candidate. And so get your tissues. <laughs> let me tell you, if there was a week, an episode of this podcast, I was glad we decided to stop doing video. <laughs> this might be the one I'm kind of glad we stopped oh my for. gosh. This uh, this going to be fun. Uh, and by fun, I mean rough. Well, this is the most main character deaths in the entire series, I think, in one episode. Yeah. Uh, I have a lot of bullet point notes for this episode. I do, too. Um, so, I, look, look, we usually kind of chit-chat a bunch before we do this, uh, but I feel like we need to just kind of jump into this and get I it do. over with. I think that we do, but I think it's important to also say at the very beginning, spoilers. Yes, there are spoilers. We're in the last like four episodes of this entire series. We are going to talk about the end game pretty much hand in hand with this episode, most likely. So, Oh, I can um, almost guarantee it. Well, <laughs> I, w- I was trying to be nice. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so be be forewarned of those spoilers. But yeah, I just look, this is a it's it's a rough episode because as you mentioned, we lose a number of characters. Um one of them very quickly, and the other <laughs> <laughs> and the other two are drawn out in a sad, tragic yet beautiful way agonizing if that makes any sense um and i'm 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 kind of glad that not that they died don't 
don't put that on me. Don't get it twisted. Uh, don't get that twisted. Uh, I'm kind of glad that they didn't end the episode with that because I almost expected it because I didn't remember where this episode ended. And I almost expected the episode to end with that moment. And then like right after that, like the lost to pop up and I would have like, I would have felt the need to immediately go into like Brooklyn nine, nine or something just to, or new girl, just to kind of shake myself of this sadness. Yeah. Uh, and I knew because of how difficult this episode is to, to deal with and to watch. I ordinarily I watch these episodes at least two times. Like I'll watch it over the course of the week, sometime between recordings, and then I watch it again right before we start recording. Okay. Uh, which I know you did this week as well. Yeah, but because that's the I only gotta, time I watched it because I wasn't gonna watch it again. Yeah, that's that's exactly how I was this week. I was like, yeah. mm, I have I have about an hour. Do I want to watch Lost? No. 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 <laughs> and then right before, like about an hour before we started, we hopped on to start recording. I was like, okay, now I have to watch it. And I purposely made sure, like, I was like, I'm only watching it once. It's just, it's a little much because I just, Sawyer, gosh, darn it, Sawyer. And I even have this in my note. I said, I, I have it written down. What is happening? I said, <laughs> I said, I said, what is happening? Sawyer ruined everything. I'm mad at Sawyer and I'm loving Jack. Why? <laughs> like everything is just going wrong. Everything's wrong. All right, let's go. Let's go to the beginning of the episode because we're jumping right to the end automatically. And I know we, we have to talk about it at some point, but let's. Let's kind of jump to the beginning and, you know, the episode kicks off with Jack and Locke waking up from his surgery. Last we saw him at the end of the episode, Desmond ran him over with the car <laughs> and, and and we see Locke waking up from his surgery with Jack. And I, I have it in my notes. It's literally the first note. It just says two words, bedside manner. We talked, we talked about this before. Jack's bedside manner in the in the side across in the um you can't even speak correctly. Flash sideways. Yeah, thank you. You uh flash sideways is amazing. Oh, I know. It, he's such a so much more lovable character he in is the flash the best version of himself he really in the flash is. sideways. And I do have further notes on Jack as well about this. Mm -hmm. Um about the whole thing with him and Locke, but like I, I got really excited. <laughs> this is kind of a little behind the scenes look. I got really excited when I saw Helen come into the room mm. because we see like Jack and Locke are there, and Helen comes in and gives Jack a hug. And I got really excited to see Katie Seagal because she was just announced as a guest. At the show I'm working in November. <gasps> that is awesome. So I'm going to get to meet her I in a couple months. <laughs> I hate I I am so jealous. That's so cool. I love her. I love her. I love her on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I love her on Sons of Anarchy. I love her on Lost. She's great. Big, Big Bang Theory is Big Bang mother. Theory. Yep. yep. I so I got really excited when I saw her because I was like, oh, that's right. I get to meet her in a couple months. 
So sorry about I that. I just love Katie Seagal as <laughs> an actress. Too. I think she's wonderful. And her her character of Helen is just beautifully played. And she's soft where she needs to be soft, and she's firm where she needs to be firm. And um, you know, the way that she just kind of bridges Jack into Locke's life throughout the episode is really it's a nice way that they did that. Um I was not sorry to see Anthony Cooper in the state that he was in at all. Well, so in that regard, to see him in that sense and to not feel sorry for him, were you relating him to the Anthony Cooper that we know already or yeah. that version of Anthony Cooper? Because Just Anthony Cooper as a character. I mean, I, he is such an unredeemable, um, hateful character. That that really he never ever ever changes. He completely remains the same. There's no evolution of this character. So I think by seeing him catatonic and living in that nursing home, I wasn't sorry to see him like that because I don't think that he deserved a redemption story, even in a flash sideways. Oh, okay. All right. So I see what you're saying now. Because I was going to say we don't know that the flash sideways Anthony Cooper is the same type of person as the Anthony Cooper that we already saw but I do get now what you're what you're playing at in that yes. he doesn't does because of how he was in real life he didn't deserve an opportunity no absolutely to, I mean yeah. okay. not only to John but also to Sawyer I mean he is he's a despicable character yeah yeah well I think in the flash sideways haven't we also don't we also know there's a connection between Sawyer and Anthony Cooper Yes, I think he was the one that actually saved, or he was. Yes, there is, and I can't remember it, but I can't he, remember it was what it, is it was a positive influence in Sawyer's life. It wasn't a negative influence, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I can't remember either. So that's why I was curious. I I, I think there is still a. I think they did still establish a connection between Anthony Cooper and Sawyer in the Flash mm -hmm. Sideways. I just don't remember exactly what it was because it happened so quickly. I think his mention, I think his name is just mentioned yeah. in a conversation and then it's kind of. Yeah. I think you're over. right. I think you're right. I don't think that it matters to Sawyer as much as you know, Anthony Cooper matters to Locke. that whole scene too. And I know we're jumping again to the end, but that whole scene between Jack and Locke, when he was describing the plane crash with his father, got me so choked up and it also it i was coming off of like a lot of crying anyways yeah. i was gonna say the dam already had been cracked at that point right that exactly it was just, but the, it was, but here, was but able the to get through that, the way that he explained it the way that he his breath kept catching on on the really terrible details um was just so real and so believable and i was just fully 100 percent committed into that scene um well, now that we're talking about that, I mean, it, I think it's okay that we're jumping around because we've been doing that a lot lately. And I think these episodes kind of, they kind of bring that on that we kind of, you know, <clears throat> because they're jumping around so much. Um, I'm right there with you. Like, I really felt for, for John. And there's something else that happens with Jack in this scene, too. Either this scene or an earlier scene. I think it's the same scene. Um, I got to check where my notes are to see where it falls. Um, da, 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 let's see. No, I think it. OK, the, my realization with Jack happens a little bit earlier, but it still plays into this scene. Um, 
you're right. It, it's different to see kind of the reflection in John with mm. this time because we know John having been paralyzed on the island is he blames the rest of the world for what mm. happens to him. He doesn't feel whatever happens to him he was deserved. He blames everybody but himself. Whereas in this flash sideways, this is self-punishment. He doesn't want to be fixed because he feels he deserves to be this way. Which I thought was such an interesting flip to his character. I also think that, but it stays true to his character because I feel that if he was the cause of someone else's demise in his original timeline, I think that he would also feel exactly that same way and he would self-punish himself. Well, look at what he did with Boone. He felt responsible for mm-hmm. Boone's death. Right. And he punished himself. Like he mm-hmm. was ready to to give up because mm-hmm. of that. You're right. You're right. So, You're absolutely right. That's a good callback. Yeah. So we did we you're right. This kind of plays exactly into his character in that he is he feels himself responsible. So this is self-punishment. Keeping himself in this wheelchair is him punishing himself. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And what's interesting about um about Locke in his Flash Sideways timeline is that he's not angry. You know, there is no anger in Flash Sideways Locke at all. Even when he's, even when Jack completely violated uh, Locke's rights by, Mm -hmm. by going as far as he did, he's not angry. He's not angry at all. He's sad. He's, um, he's, as you said, he's in a self-punishment kind of, I, I, I don't know what that, word is i can't think of it right now but when you're you know when you're just self-punishing yourself um over and over and over again um but you never see any anger at all with him not like not like island lock or original timeline lock or it's, it's just interesting to me yeah, but one of the other reflections, you know, kind of switching switching gears here for a minute yeah. and talking about the Jack aspect of all of this. I started because you you mentioned like how you're you're angry at Sawyer, but you're 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 loving Jack, loving Jack. In this episode, in particular, in the Flash Sideways, the uh, another reflection I see is in Jack. Mm. And that is, I started getting worried in the beginning of this episode because I started seeing like, Oh, Jack is adamant. He feels he can save Locke. Um, you know, and I was like, Oh, I'm like, okay, are we just seeing reflections of Jack's hero complex coming? I was going to say that God complex. Yeah. But I don't think that's the case at all. I think Mm. the hero complex that Jack has in the real world or had, Mm in the actual timeline because he doesn't have it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, he's kind of shaken that that was the, that was Jack's urge or need to have to fix somebody this time. It's a want. He doesn't feel like he needs to do it. He just absolutely wants to do it. There's a big difference between a need and a want in my opinion. And I think that that comes with him having David, yeah, I can see that. I can. Absolutely he is see fulfilled that. in his personal life, so that he doesn't need to be uh, the hero or the center of other people's lives in his professional life. I mm-hmm. think, and I think that it's David, and it's also the the discovery of Claire that because you kind of see he handles the fact that he has a sister really well to the point that he says, we're not strangers. We're family. Can I tell you that scene with him and Claire, when Mm -hmm. he says to Claire, why don't you come stay with me? 
and she says like we're strangers and he's like no like we're not strangers we're family i got yeah. choked up i know the whole episode <laughs> Oh my gosh, seriously, like I'm drinking water right now trying to rehydrate. <laughs> yeah, so when he rough. invites when he invites Claire to come stay with him and and he says like we're not strangers, you know, we're family. I got choked up because that was a very sweet moment. And I got I got choked up because <laughs> I think because I knew what was coming at the end of the episode. I might have still gotten choked up even if we didn't get the ending of this episode that we got, but knowing what was coming i think affected how i felt about that scene i was like okay we just got a nice sweet moment before death before death and destruction like honestly like (laughs) kate's reaction to like when when they all wash up on the beach and kate's like you know oh where's sun and jen and uh and he just shakes his head and she just starts bawling her brains out i'm like kate is everybody right now no (laughs) Hurley's Hurley broke me more than Kate. Watching him have big old crocodile tears running down his cheeks too. It it was a just and 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 then him just just start breaking down. Okay, yeah, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Uh, We're gonna get all of that. Um, I really i i loved seeing. Let's see. Um, I feel like I've kind of hijacked this. Why don't you give us something? No, 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 no. I, it's you're totally fine. Um, I'm trying to see because a big theme in this particular episode, I think, is irony. Like the whole "Isn't it ironic?" Alanis Morissette song. It just it's like reverberating, <laughs> none of, and none of that stuff is irony. Episode. To be honest, to be perfectly honest, but I get what you're saying. So, um. You know, what one of the one of the pieces of irony, because we were talking about we you touched on it a little earlier, was the fact that Locke had to regain the use of his legs in the flash sideways timeline. A plane crash caused him to lose the use of his legs. But in the uh in the original timeline, a plane crash gave him his legs back. Yeah. You yeah, know? it's another one of those reflections, yeah. But there's so many of them mm-hmm. in this episode. It's crazy. Um, and speaking of reflections, you know, you have the scene between um, Jack and Claire as they're looking into the uh, the music box. And uh, you can see both of their reflections in the mirrors. And they both look so happy and almost childlike. Almost like, you know, this is what it would have been like for them if they had grown up together. Yeah. And maybe I'm wrong on that, right? But um, I did. I I clicked on the whole mirrors hyperlink on fandom because I wanted to see what the what the Lostopedia had to say about the mirrors. And they said main characters in the Flash Sideways frequently confronted themselves in mirrors or reflective surfaces. Uh, according to Jack Bender, these scenes showed the characters figuratively and literally confronting their images and the reflections of themselves. The visual metaphor expressed in the Flash Sideways theme of introspection and also represented how the flash sideways showed what you wish for or what you're scared of. And I thought that that is actually really interesting because if you really look at the flash sideways uh, as a season, um, you can see that that's kind of the two directions that we're taking with these characters. They're either getting what they wished for and seeing what that is or what they're scared of and seeing Mm -hmm. what that is. Like Jin and Sun were probably scared to leave China or Korea. And uh, Jin was probably terrified to abandon his job and his post with his boss's uh, daughter, right? Locke is scared 
to have a fulfilling life where his legs work because, because that's, that's his fear, right? Jack, um, so that's, that's fear. What you wish for. Jack has a fulfilling personal life. He has a son. He has, um, a sister now. You know, he's, he's got this beautiful work life balance even at, at the end of the season. You know, that's definitely a wish. Claire finds family. You know, she's scared mm-hmm. to have this baby by herself. And so she goes to, you know, LA to, to, to find adoption and she finds her brother. You yeah. know, I mean, how amazing is that, right? Mm-hmm. So I love the fact that um, that I found this little snippet about the mirrors and the reflections and really what it comes down to of what you wish for or what you're scared of. Because I think that um, I think that that's what we're all kind of looking at just as people, you know, like when we think about our future, we think about what we want out of life. It's always what do we want or what are we scared of? And it's nice to see that that kind of thought process um, uh, flushed out in this story. Yeah. Um, I, I want to go back for a second too, to something that you touched on about like Jack finding family and actually mm. looking happy when you look in the, when you, he's him and Claire mm-hmm. see the reflections of himself. This is something I've talked to you about off the, the podcast. And I don't think I've ever brought this up on the podcast is that I've actually gone through this. I've discovered new family that oh, I never yeah. had before kind of by the same regard. I found out that my my mother's father is not her actual father. It is a different person. And because of that, I have new family that I like, I have a, I have new cousins and, and such that I am, I have been in contact with and some I've actually grown rather close to because of this. And it's very exciting Mm. when you find out that you have new family. Some people don't take it that way. Some people take it as in like, Oh, this is an atrocity. This is, you know, this should never be this way. This person was unfaithful, whatever. And my family, we don't know if this is due to unfaithfulness or by design because my grandparents are no longer with us. So we don't, we can't question it. So we've actually stopped questioning it. We're like, okay, whatever happened, happened. <laughs> Common theme. My and, and which by the way, we don't have a Steve voicemail this week. I'm actually kind of bummed, but maybe he just couldn't handle what we got in this episode. Um, I'm sad. (laughs) Even more sad. Thanks. Uh, But sucks. We, you know, we kind of let it go. We're like, okay, we're not questioning how this happened. The fact is we have new family, regardless of how it is. We've reached out, we've connected and it's been fun. And it actually, you know, is, is exciting for us that we get to reconnect. We get to connect with new family members that we never had before. So I can absolutely kind of relate to Jack and Claire in this episode. I don't have new sisters or brothers. I have cousins and things like that. But again, it's blood. Mm -hmm. That's really all that matters. I have new family and it's, and it's, and it's exciting. And my one cousin who I've become actually rather close to. We have not met yet because she lives in California, but we're still trying to flush out a time for her to come out and visit so we can actually spend time together. That is so cool. It's not Australia to LA, but you know. (laughs) I do. I (laughs) no, that's okay. I I think that that's a wonderful story by the, by the way. And I love, I, I loved hearing about it when you told me about it earlier, because you know, I would love to find new family members. I would love that. 
You know, that's, I, I'm that's the reason about- why I did 23 and me, because I just wanted to know if I had any family members and, out and there. And that's how we discovered it. We discovered mm-hmm. it through 23 and me. Um, and I, I actually liked it because, uh, you know, the older I got, and I'm sorry for diving into personal aspects to all the listeners out there. Um, I promise you I'm about, I'm almost done. Um, I loved finding out I had new family and reconnecting family because most of my family on my dad's side are garbage. So I cut out a lot of family from my life due to drama and toxicity. So it was nice to actually have new family come in that are not those elements, you know, and not that they'll replace them, but it's, it's nice to have gaps filled. Absolutely. Oh, of course it does. With, with positive aspects, not toxicity and negativity. Right. Not with garbage. Exactly. Threw away the garbage. Yes. Take out the take out the papers and the <laughs> trash. Um, I don't know. I'm sorry. sorry. Um, so to switch back to Jack just for a second too, um, is Jack is starting to make connections about all these people. Yes, that he's he is. like, wait, you were on Oceanic 15? Wait. You or two? Like every single time another person says Oceanic 815, it's like his head swims a little bit and like <laughs> he looks around like, what is happening right now? So that's been kind of fun to kind of explore um, and and watch Jack experience. Um, I did enjoy the fact that that we saw Jin walk by right after Sun and Jin died in the hospital. Like We did? I missed it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right after that scene, we go back to the hospital where Locke is leaving. And as he's being wheeled out through the hallway, Jin walks down with like a huge bouquet of flowers looking for sun. How did I miss that? I don't know. I rewound it and watched it again just because I wanted to see his face again. I'm going to have to. Not drowning. I'm going to have to go back and rewatch that. I don't, I can't believe, I think I was so hyper-focused on trying to not, focus on Jin and Sun. I know. That I was I was focusing so much on Jack and Locke in that scene that I just everything in the background just kind of was fuzzy well, no, and I wasn't it, paying attention. It was before Jack was there. Jack wasn't in that scene. It was when um it was when Locke was talking to the wheelchair guy saying, I think I oh, can okay. wheel myself out from here. But he did but Locke did like look at Jin and follow him. Like like watched him walk until he couldn't see him anymore till he had actually passed him. So I don't know if he recognized him from the plane or if I, you know, he just, he seemed to take a long time looking at him. Well, we did kind of talk about this last episode, actually the, I think the past couple episodes in that these near death experiences in death have kind of unlocked a little bit about it because when son was on the gurney next to lock, she looked frightened because she knew who Locke was in that moment but when she recovered she didn't exactly know who John was mm-hmm. she didn't remember any she didn't really rec- recollect any of that and now in this situation we see Locke on the gurney recovering and when Jack enters the room he mumbles push the button and what and I wish you believe me so there he are suppo- he was supposed to say something else too um did you find this in the wiki yeah. Okay. According to the script, he was supposed to Don't say Don't tell me what else. I can't do. No. <laughs> oh. That would have been awesome. <laughs> um, keep talking. I'll find it. Okay. But, like, it, it's another one of those circumstances where he kind of 
comes to the realization of everything that's happening because there's that connection there and not knowing what this is yet, not knowing that these flat because as first time viewers, we still don't know what the flash sideways is. We're still meant to assume it is this alternate reality. Mm -hmm. And I love how the writers are still throwing those teases in there that like, there is a connection between these two realities when Mm -hmm. in reality, when in actual reality, this is not an alternate reality at all. This is past. This is past life or post post death, rather. Um, well, and we kind of get to know that in the next episode that we see our um, our cast. I mean, this the next next week's episode. Of course, we're not going to have um, any of our lost people in it. It's uh, kind of a bottle episode with mm-hmm. Jacob, the Man in Black, and Mom. Um, so the next time we see him, though, we are going to see hints that there is a connection because things start happening to Jack that he can't explain towards the end. Like when he has a cut that he didn't have before, but in the flash sideways, you mean? Correct. Yes. Yeah. Right. So, um, so that's kind of fun that that's coming up. I like how you said it's Jacob man in black and mom. Cause I'm mom. Well, cause she's not only mom in the show. She was mom and moms. Well, Alice and Janney. Alice and Janney is one of the best actresses out there. I love her so much. Anything that she How? does. You, after just showing all this praise for Katie Seagal, come on. Yeah. I <laughs> no, I get have you seen the West Wing? She's fantastic. I have. I've seen the West Wing. Oh, I agree with you. I think she's fantastic. Um, so, yeah. So, like, you're right. Like, we see Jack kind of connecting a lot of the dots. He's, I mean, even to the point where, you know, when Claire says to him, like, I just came from Australia, just arrived here on Wednesday and immediately clicks. He's like, okay, flight 815. And she's like, yeah. So he's starting to connect a lot of the dots. As I think well. the weirdest one for him so far would have to be Bernard. Which was great seeing Bernard, by the way. Mm-hmm. And, it, and we knew he was a dentist. We, we did. And it kind of made me realize something. Rose and Bernard are also on the island at the end of everything. Yeah. They never leave. No. So, I, like, I I have to correct myself because I've said, like, out of everybody, Jack, Hurley, and Ben are the three that stay behind. But we forget about Rose and Bernard. That's they are still They got their still happily there. ever after. Yeah. They, yeah, you're right. They've already gotten their, their ending. Yeah. Uh, they got their beginning really i mean they went out to sydney because rose was dying and then they came home knowing okay rose is going to die now and they they get this second chance i wouldn't leave for anything i wouldn't leave for anything i'm trying to remember if we see them in the church i can't remember i can't i bet you we don't we'll find out in a couple weeks yeah we'll find out in a couple weeks labor day weekend oh that's right it is labor day weekend isn't it Mm mm-hmm Oh yeah. Um but it was really nice seeing Bernard. You know, he was so nice and he was smiling and he's like, I sat across you. Um and you were play. flirting you with were my flirting wife. Flirting with my wife. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cute. Um, but I really, you know, I see Jack. Gosh, I wish that we got more of this Jack. I really do. I, I hate the fact that we only get this Jack for half of one season of six seasons because he's been insufferable this entire time. And finally we're getting this Jack deserving of the name Shepherd, you know? 
Now, are you talking about actual Jack or cr- or Flash Sideways Jack at this point? Both. Okay, because I agree with you completely. There's a scene that really stands out in this episode that I was like, I, I watched this scene and I was like, holy shit, if this is ever an example that roles have been reversed, mm. it's this one. And it's the scene, I gotta see, let me see if I have it in my notes. Yeah, it's the scene <clears throat> where... Not Locke comes up with the plan of he finds the explosive on the plane and he's like, we need to take the sub to get out of here. And Jack says to him, I'll help you, but I'm not going with you. Right. Back to the beginning of this series, those two roles would have been completely reversed. Completely reversed. Yeah. It would have been Jack that was adamant that things needed to be done and Locke would have been the one saying, I'll help, but I'm not going. How about the fact that with the bomb and Jack's like, Sawyer, I need you to trust me. Don't touch this. It's everything's going to be fine. And Sawyer's like, nah, I don't trust you. I'm going to kill everybody instead. You know? (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, Jack wouldn't have done that either. Jack would have been with Sawyer on that one being like, we have to defuse the bomb. There's no such thing as destiny. There's no such thing as faith, you know? And so he has completely like, lockified himself (laughs) yeah he has become at this point in time he is 100 now the man of faith he's also he's also displaying that he is the right man to be um the protector of the island in this episode Mm -hmm. because he is protecting not only the island but he's protecting his people he's and and he says these aren't my people you know, well, yeah, they are, Jack. Right now, they are. Yeah. And 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 you're you are their best shot of survival right now. So, you know, let's take the humility out just for a second and just, you know, let's 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 applaud you for this right now. Cause you've come a long way, buddy. And and I'm down for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you so much so that when we get to, and I know I'm kind of jumping to the end of the scene that we don't want to talk about when we get to that moment at the end of the episode on the beach and we see, you know, Kate is asking where Jin and son are. Hurley's already crying and then Hurley breaks down and then we see Jack walk off. <sighs> I think, correct me if I'm wrong. This is the first time we have seen Jack break. Yes. I don't think he has. There has been a lot of death throughout this series. I don't think we've ever seen him break down and cry. Because this was preventable. This was 100% preventable. And not only was it preventable, but they all got conned. They all got conned really bad. Sawyer the con man got conned. Yeah. Which is shocking. Because he always sees it coming. You know? Every last... Well, each each of the four of them, right? Because it's not because we've, as you said, got a lot of death in this episode. But each of the four of them that washed up on that beach, they really have to come to terms with the fact that they were conned by this man and that they actually should have stayed in those bear cages. Yeah. Well, I mean. Stupid Seamus. Seamus. Who's Seamus? The, you know, pudgy one that. <laughs> Was that his name? I didn't even. Yeah. I never even bothered to learn that character's name. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> because after hating Zoe as much as I do, I, I was like, I'm not even going to bother learning this guy's name. I don't care. It's okay. He he real dead now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Which made me. So in that scene, too, like I, th- I, ca- I thought about that. I was like, well, all these other guys are gone. 
did Man in Black intentionally throw him against the cage so that they could get the key? Yes. Because then Jack comes in and grabs the key and, and gets him. Which, by the way, in that scene, bravo Lapidus for not even giving a shit and just like going all like full on savage and kicking that, trying to kick that cage open. I really which, feel like given enough time, he could have done, done, done it. He would have done it. Oh, yeah. He absolutely, I feel like had Jack not shown up, they still would have been free within the next 15 Lapidus, to 30 seconds. Lapidus was getting out of there. Yeah. He didn't care how it happened. He's like, I'm not waiting on this shit. And he hulks L- out. Lapidus went full on Hulk in that moment. <laughs> <He> <laughs> exactly. It, within, his, the, within 15 to 30 seconds, they would have been out of that cage. This Burt Reynolds costume. <laughs> <laughs> he went full on bandit. Nah, bandit. Mm. That's a bad reference. That, 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 You're a, fine. A, but I do agree yeah. with you about Jack breaking in this episode. I really do. Because I kept waiting because the way that, oh gosh, this seriously, so well acted, so well acted in the last like 20 minutes, 15 minutes of this episode, really, because I felt every everything that Jack was feeling. And I feel like if the camera had stayed with Jack for even Three more seconds, we would have heard him just let out the this deep guttural wail. Yeah. He looked like he was just that's what he needed. He needed to get all of that out and just scream into the ocean. I, I felt like I feel I feel like you're right. Like I almost expected him to like drop to his knees and just like scream why. Mm-hmm. Like that was half of what I was expecting. And you know, just seeing him break the way we did already shows he is a completely different person. He is emotionally connected now to everything. But he wasn't. And he wasn't that way when he first returned to the island. He was still old Jack. There were still pieces of old Jack. When do you think it was that he changed? Was it when Saeed died or was it the lighthouse oh i think it's the lighthouse i think we got full on i'm not talking about this saeed death i'm talking about saeed dying in the temple no i think seeing i think hurley taking jack to the lighthouse and jack seeing the reflection of his home Mm. i think that made jack a believer that rattled him it did and that's exact that's the best way to put it and i think once he kind of came to terms with all of that we got the jack that we get now I feel like he's, I mean, just telling Locke, I, I'll help you, but I'm not going with you. All these elements, him jumping off the boat and, you know, and and leaving, you know, leaving all of them behind because he feels he needs to stay. This is the Jack that we've been waiting for. And I feel mm-hmm. like we've we've had it for a while, but this episode kind of showed us truly he... I hate using this reference because it's a Pokemon reference, but he, we have Jack in final form. See, I don't understand Pokemon, so, but I do understand that. And I think that that's really correct. So (laughs) good job. I don't know. (laughs) I've been using that a lot lately because I feel like my Wilhelm podcast is in its final form now too, which is, I like feel comfortable with that, but because it's changed so many times over the past decade. Um, Change is inevitable. But I don't feel like I need to change it again. Oh God. (laughs) Um, the mad titan so yeah i feel like in my opinion i don't know if you feel differently i feel like the lighthouse was the oddly enough light bulb 
moment mm-hmm. for for Jack. And so maybe it was um maybe it was a combination of the two because I know that he went to the lighthouse after he saw Saeed reanimate mm-hmm. <laughs> for lack of a better term. Um and then w- they went to the lighthouse after Man in Black decimated the temple, correct? Yes. Okay, so I mean, seeing all of that destruction, watching Saeed die, then come back to life, um, having his conversations with Dogen, and then being taken to the lighthouse, uh, you know, that's a lot to process in that moment. And I think when he finally, it, I think you're right, is, is what I'm saying. I, I just have to talk about it out loud, apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but I, I do, I think that it, it got to the point where it was like, oh, Oh, I've been fighting something that has been my destiny all this time. Yeah. And all the mistakes that he's made. And really, I mean, when he's looking out of the ocean at the end, this is more than just losing Jin and Sun and Saeed and the sub. Um, it's all of the bad decisions that he's made. He left the island initially for three years. They left. He caused Juliet's death by by um exploding the bomb. He could have killed Ben or or saved Ben and he chose not to, right? I mean, mm-hmm. there's there's so many mistakes that he has made because of his stubborn, overeducated, um, almost elitist brain, right? And it's all culminated into this moment. And I can't imagine the weight of all of that death on my shoulders as I'm staring out and realizing I don't know what to do anymore. Well, and here's another question too, that I'm going to, I'm going to kind of bring up and we're going to talk about the sub for a minute. We're not going to talk about the ultimate ending of the sub. I want to talk about the explosive on the sub because four C4s, the, the four blocks of C4, because we have that moment where it's kind of a replay of the stick of dynamite in the black rock with Richard, where Jack feels that, Nothing is going to happen. We can let this clock run out. He could have killed us or maybe he can't kill us. Like he's it's this faith that Jack has now that is making him feel this way. Like he feels like we can let this clock run out. We don't have to do anything. Do you feel like that is true or do you think Jack is so weighed down by the death of Jin, Sun and Saeed? that he breaks on the beach. Cause in my opinion, I feel like there's a guilt in Jack. That's, this is why he's breaking down that. And I feel if I'm, I'm sorry if I stumble over my words a little bit and try and find the words to, to put this in. Had he listened from the beginning or had the bomb, had he actually believed what he believed that nothing was going to happen, they all would have died. And he's realizing this. And it still cost him the lives of people he considered friends regardless. But it could have been worse. I don't think, I think that if they left the bomb alone, it would not have exploded. 100%. Because Locke, not Locke, couldn't kill them. He was 100% right about them. He couldn't kill them. So... If Sawyer had just left it alone, because the minute he he pulled those wires, 
it, I think that's what triggered the timer on the bomb. Before that, it was just a watch counting down on a timer. I do not believe for one second that that would have blown up had Sawyer not pulled those wires. See, I don't know if I believe that because at the I also end, believe that so- that Saeed could have defused that bomb real quick. That, but, this, that, but, we, that was, but we also know this is not the same Saeed. That's I I feel like Saeed kind of came back. Well, by the end of this, he absolutely does because he makes that sacrifice. But uh, no, I think he came back before that. I think he came back last episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, again, like going back to the bomb, I don't know because I feel like by the end when the sub explodes, when the bomb goes off and the sub sinks, not Locke is kind of when Claire asks, like, so they're all dead. And he's like, not all of them. I feel like he felt like there was a wrench in his plan because he's he kind of storms off. He's like, I'm going to finish what I started. I feel like he had every intention of all of them actually dying. I feel like he had he knew that Jack had this faith that would have let that bomb run down and it would have killed them all. Yeah, I I I don't agree. I can see how you think that, but I also think that he knows that um there that Sawyer was on that boat and Sawyer is not thinking clearly and Sawyer is not trusting of Jack. Um but I mean what happens if they didn't ever open the backpack. I don't know. It's like Pandora's box or Schrodinger's box. Had they not even realized that that bomb was on there, that bomb would have gone off. And because what would have been the point of putting the bomb in a backpack and hiding it if it was never, ever going to meant to do anything anyway? Because Because eventually, because eventually they would have discovered it. Eventually they would have discovered it. Eventually they would have tried to diffuse it. And they would have been too deep and too far on their journey to actually mm, I don't, do anything about it. I don't know if I believe that. I think it was he did that because you can see him make the bag swap with Jack. You can oh, see yeah, Matt it Locke was make very obvious. Yeah. Um, and at that point, as viewers, we know that there's a bomb on this sub. I feel like had not Locke intended for this bomb to be found and everything to play out the way it did, he would have made it more obvious so that it all did play out that way and the bomb would have gone off. I think the fact that the bomb was hidden meant that the bomb would have worked. And he was counting on either the bomb not being found or Jack's faith in the island to play into it and it allow it, and allowing it to happen and them all dying. I guess we'll never know. Because Saeed was because Saeed was on that boat too, and we know that Saeed has experience with explosives. Honestly, I, I mean, I just I also think that there's think, too many factors in the air. But I also don't think that Notlock realizes that Saeed is returning. He still thinks this is the soulless Saeed. I yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I I, I think that that's a really um, I think that's a really good question, and I just don't know that there's an answer unless you are. Uh, Damon Lindelof. And I really don't think at this point, close to the end, it matters. Because what uh, it matters for me because today I hate Sawyer and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like up is down, uh, <laughs> and I, right side is downside, and I 
Purple is pink. I don't get it. I'm very sad. <laughs> I'm so mad at Sawyer. Spells dog. I'm so mad I'm, at Sawyer. Like I, the minute I, the minute he goes, I need you to trust me. I was like, we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh God. I would have loved to have seen that reaction actually happen in real time. <laughs> oh shit. We're dead. <laughs> And he said, it would have been great if, if it was, Jack says, I need you to trust me. And Hurley in the background goes, oh, dude, we're totally screwed. <laughs> <laughs> I will I will say, though, there is a moment between Jack and Sawyer in this episode that with everything that has happened, with everything that happened on the boat, the conversation that they had, um, you know, Sawyer telling Jack, get off my boat, forcing him off the boat, forcing him to swim back to shore. There's a quick moment there after Jack runs in and rescues them all that they are very quick to let bygones be bygones. It's like uh, they know. Jack is very quick to do that, actually. But Sawyer's the one that extends the apology first. Okay. Well, that's fair. But in this, but if we take this episode into consideration, look at what happened. Sawyer said, hey, Jack, I need you to back me on a play here. And, and Jack says, yeah, okay, sure. I'll back you on that play. And he backs him on the play of, mm -hmm. of getting rid of Locke. And then when the rules are reversed and Jack said, hey, Sawyer, man, I need you to back my play here. And so I was like, fuck you. Like, it just, it just doesn't make any sense to me. I'm like, guys, guys, you are like a broken relationship. Like you're a middle school broken relationship. Yeah. I'll pass you a note in the hallway and tell you I'm sorry. Check, check the box whether you forgive me. I mean, it really, Sawyer. Ugh, shame <laughs> on you, Sawyer. Well, it's also very interesting seeing the reactions on everybody's faces too, because like when they're in the cages on Hydra Island, because it's important to note, this entire episode happens on Hydra Island. There's no other island in mm -hmm. this one. And I actually don't know if we go. Actually, we do. We do go we back do. to the other island. Yeah. Um, this whole episode, everybody's together on Hydra Island and everything takes place. And it's also very interesting, too, that Widmore knows the candidates. He has the list. He knows the names. Yeah, Eloise. He he. Him and Eloise are know each other, and Eloise oh, yeah, knows that's everything. Right. I don't know why that was such a mystery to me. You just kind of cleared it up with one thing. Um, but I, I, going back to the cage moment, like I, I love how when you know the power goes out and they hear the clicking of the noise of the black smoke monster. Hurley's like, "Oh, we're dead." Yeah. Um. Oh, dude, but we're so screwed. <laughs> yeah. But it, it's interesting to see the reactions on everybody's faces after he comes through and he knocks everybody down. And Jack is the one that opens the door and they ask him, like, what are you doing here? And he says, I'm with him. Yeah. It's yeah. like nobody ever expected that. No, no. And I don't think even Jack expected that. You know, three years ago, three years ago on that same island in that same situation, that would not have been the case at all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, like just going back to what we said, this is a completely different Jack than we have said. And I love it. Like, this is the Jack we've been waiting for. Well, and why did it take six seasons? Why? Why did it take to the final, like, four episodes of the entire series to finally get a good lead character? Like, I'm a little angry about it, especially after, like, all the analysis that we've done, all the time that we've put into the show. <laughs> I still love it, right? I still love the show, but man, like, 
Did I have to, did we have to hate Jack this long? And I know, and I get it. I'm in the, I'm in the minority. Okay. Like everybody loves Jack. La, 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 la. He's so dreamy, but listen, he was a shit character until about two episodes ago. I'm okay. I, I just want to take a moment to say like, you guys can't see it because we're not doing video anymore, but if you could have seen Kristen's, I get it. <laughs> like, <laughs> She had the hand up, the <laughs> facial expression she made when she said those words. I, <laughs> I wish I could have, I might have to find a way to screen cap it as I'm editing this because it was the perfect, like, like if I could just post that, take a screen capture of it and post it online, you would automatically know what she is saying without hearing the words. It was the perfect I get it pose. I get it. <laughs> I do. Sorry. I do. I get it. But uh like it just frustrates me to no end because I love this Jack so much. And he like it's 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 just like Jen and Son. Oh yay, Jen and Son are back together. Oh great, they're dead. Like, oh yay, Saeed's helping his friends. Okay, he's do- he's he's jelly now. Like like nothing makes sense in this episode and I'm sad and I'm mad and everybody is somebody else that is just, you know, it's very very emotional. <laughs> um I'm so, so sorry to people that are listening to this. This is like an ADHD version of this podcast. <laughs> no, it's there's a lot of emotion up and down that happens mm-hmm. in this episode. So I feel like it's like, I don't really think there is a proper way to kind of go start to finish and analyze this episode. It requires a lot of jumping around because we're trying to prepare ourselves for particular mm-hmm. things to talk about. So I think it totally makes sense. We're handling things. So before we go into the, the sadness of Jin and son and Saeed and everything that happens towards the end of the episode, I want to actually take a minute that, and and highlight a happy moment with Jin and Sun because we're finally seeing Jin and Sun reunited. We caught it at the end of last episode, and then everything went down, and they were herded into cages. They're all in the same cage, and while we see Kate and Hurley and Sawyer and all these people in the cage, I love the fact that when we see Jin and Sun, everybody else is concerned with the fact that they're in a cage, except for Jin and Sun. They are sitting and they're just talking. It doesn't matter. Like the outside world, even the fact that they're locked in a cage is gone. Doesn't exist. These two people are back together. They have found each other and it doesn't matter where they are. They are together and they are just, that's it. They're back together. You're choking up right now, aren't you? A little bit. I know. I saw it. I saw it. (laughs) I saw you pause. I'm trying not to. So, because I know what we have to talk about. It's fine. So, in my, in, I'm going to just kick it off here because then we can talk about other stuff. So, in my notes, I say, Jin and Sun die. Saeed is dead. Everything sucks. (laughs) That's, those are my notes. They are appropriate. (laughs) They are appropriate, uh, appropriate things. Um, I, I, yeah, because look, there's not a lot of details to dive into. This is just something that happens. Um, you know, we see going back to the bomb when they realize the timer is counting down. Saeed makes the sacrifice. He grabs the bomb. He tells Jack, get everybody out of here. Get Desmond. G- yeah. Desmond is like lo- Jack or not. Locke has Desmond, which means you're going to need him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
this is Saeed fully coming out of who he is. He is back to Saeed. He realizes everything that is happening. So he knows the fact That's that he when has Saeed that changed. That's when Saeed changed. He didn't kill Desmond. Yeah. He would have totally killed Desmond. Well, we talked about that last week. Remember, right. No, 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 yeah. no. I was trying to remember the exact moment that Saeed changed. Okay. I couldn't remember like in this current conversation that yeah. you and I are having. So okay. sorry. That's no, just it, me being ridiculous. <laughs> it's totally fine. But we have Saeed tell Jack he has Desmond, which means you're going to need him. So you have to find him. Grabs mm-hmm. the bomb, runs off, and just in a flash, Saeed is gone. The bomb explodes. He vaporized. It, it was in it pretty much like there's nothing left of There Saeed. is no Saeed is there. probably the most true thing that Jack ever said. And it's very harsh that he says that, but it's a reality check for Hurley. He has to bring Hurley out of it because yeah. Hurley has now been tasked with swimming upwards with Kate, who has been shot. Jack needs Hurley on his A-game right now. Well, not only that, not only does Hurley have to like grab Kate and take Kate out with the breather and, and Buddy breathe the way out, it's not, it's not only that, it's also the way that they have to get out of the sub. It's not like you can just go up through the right. porthole. You know, They have to go down to go up. Right. They have to go out wherever this blast hole is to get out. Right. That's frightening. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if I, I mean, I'm, if I was in that circumstance, I'm sure I would have, it, it's a necessity. You have to do it if you want to survive. Mm-hmm. But looking at it from an outsider's perspective, I don't know if I could ever do it. Again. I don't know that I could do it just because I, I, have you ever opened your eyes underneath ocean water? No. I mean, I have. And I, yeah, I hate it. It sucks. Yeah. Like, I've, I've seen that a number of times. Like I, when I see that in movies and television shows, like yeah. when, I, when they're like underwater searching for people, I'm like, no, give me goggles. Yeah. I need goggles. I need go- like, where are the goggles next to the buddy breathers? You know? Yeah. Like it's a submarine. <laughs> Come on. Like even, even the stupid like mask that's just not even goggles. It's just like one big mask that covers your whole top side of your face like if you want to make it like 70s and retro whatever like give me retro goggles i don't give a shit i just don't want to open my eyes underneath the water yeah and i know that that's like nitpicking or whatever but you know i can't help but think you have to hurley you hurley you have to open your eyes underwater swim through a portal get kate out go to the top and and find your way out but I mean, like, you're right. It is a moment where, because Hurley has, Hurley says, like, well, we got to save Saeed. And Jack's like, very bluntly, there is no Saeed. Right. Absolutely true. And you're right. It is something, it's harsh, but it's something that needed to be said because Hurley had a job to do. Saeed could have also closed one of the doors. Um, I don't think he had time. I really don't because you could it, it's very quickly after he crosses that threshold that that bomb goes off. I understand. I just any any way that I just needed Sun and Jin to live. It's like it's like watching Romeo and Juliet or, or reading Romeo and Juliet, you know, like you're just like, OK, this time it's going to be different. No, it's not. It's not going to be different. It's never going to be different. <laughs> <laughs> or like watching Titanic. It's like, no, Jack is still going to die. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, I, like, no, stop with the excuse of, like, put him on the door. No, no, they would have both died. It's, stop it. Like, 
just let him go. Um, but then continuing um, So I on- do have something to say real quick. Um, yeah, yeah. So there was, in an interview a week after this episode, the producers claimed Jin had to make a quick decision regarding his future because there's a question after the episode is, uh, why didn't Sun tell Jin to leave her so he could raise their daughter, right? And I think it's a question that everybody pretty much asks because Jin could have left, right? They had a daughter. They had a daughter that needed parents. So here's what Damon Lindelof had to say. He said, that's a great question. And our only answer for it is that Sun had only had about 30 seconds to process the fact that she was going to die. Sun and Jin never had a relationship together with that daughter. Sun had a relationship with her, but Jin did not. She was just a picture on a phone to him. In that moment, she did not tell Jen to leave her side. Partially in that moment, maybe there was a part of her that wanted him to stay with her. Who knows? We're not really willing to say why characters don't say certain things in certain moments. All we can say is uh, she did not say that. We did not want that scene to be about their daughter. We wanted it to be about them reuniting. Mm -hmm. I think that's perfectly said, and I totally understand that in that moment. And I totally get that. And you know, I mentioned earlier on, I don't know if it was, I don't know if we were recording about this or if this was before we started recording. I think it was before we started recording. I mentioned that, you know, when we were watching this episode, there was a particular, I was doing well until a particular moment. Mm-hmm. And there was a particular moment that that was when I felt the damn break. And then it was no holds barred. Like, okay. Right. That whole scene plays out. The bomb goes off. We've lost Saeed. And we see that Sun is pinned against the wall because of some equipment has fallen on her. Jin is trying to get her, trying to save her. Jack and Sawyer are there trying to save her as well. Sawyer is struck on the head. And Jin tells Jack, get Sawyer out of here. I can do this. And I think Jack knows in that moment he's saying goodbye. To- right. To Jin and Sun. He knows Jin is never going to leave Sun's side. They're probably not going to make it out. Because Jack didn't want to leave. and Because he knew if he left, that was the end for them. Well, I mean, he gave the buddy breather to Jin. And he said, I can get Sawyer out without it. Mm-hmm. And Jin just says, no, you can't. Like, Jin knew exactly what was happening in that moment. Yeah, he, he did. And then we the whole scene plays out. And I'm going to try my best to get through this without, without choking up. Um, the whole scene plays out. Sun is urging him to leave. He's saying, I'm never going to leave you again. Like I found you. I'm never going to leave you again. And I'm holding it together pretty well until he says it in Korean. In Korean. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Once he says it in Korean, that was it. I yeah. was, I was done. And <laughs> Sorry. Um, because that took us back to the beginning mm. with Jin and Sun. Mm. That book ended their story. Mm-hmm. And even though it ended tragically, it was a beautiful ending for them in a sense that they were together. I think it's one of the greatest love stories in television history, honestly. I'm not, I'm not. I'm not going to fight you on that. Oh, well, I know. Yeah. I mean, we've, I've said that for six full seasons. This is, you know, Jin is 
one of my all-time favorite character arcs. Jin and Sun are one of my favorite television couples. Um, their story's gorgeous. It's tragic, but it's beautiful. Well, I think what also helps in that moment where he says it in Korean is that Sun hasn't really experienced this Jin that knows English. Mm. The last time she saw him, he was still speaking very broken English. Mm-hmm. He was learning, but it was very broken English. It was very basic. Jin had three years to learn English that Sun didn't know. So for him to speak to her that way mm. was a comfort. That was meant to comfort Sun yeah, in that moment. I can because see that. that is the last Jin she remembers before this moment. I think also it was the serious, the gravity of the situation, like just so that there's no like lost, lost in translation moment here. I am never leaving you again. If you mm. didn't understand that in English, I am going to now tell that to you in Korean. Yes. I am me, never leaving you, you in again. another language. Right. Exactly. So stop. Let's stop our last conversation being about leave. No, no, leave, leave. No. Okay. Let's just, I love you. So glad we're together. Now let's die. I, it's just so, and then when their hands part underneath the water, I'm just like, no, like, uh, yeah, honestly, I, honestly. I mean, I get it. Like, I and they're get swimming they're... in Saeed juice. <laughs> oh my god, that's horrible. Yeah, nothing is going right in this episode, Ben. That's yeah, but to say it that way, that's that's horrible. They all died with a little Saeed in them. <laughs> Stop it. It was so dark. I'm that so is, sorry. That is horrible. Hell <laughs> died with a little. See, no, that's not even funny. <laughs> because as a 9-11 first responder, I get that. Oh no, come on. I didn't mean to take it I there. Know, you why did you just take it there? Because you started it. Well No, it's fine. Um <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about a fictional thing. No, I, I, and you were trying to just add some levity to this situation. And I just I a little know. man. And then you're like, yeah. Ooh, 9 11. All right, let's bring it back. <laughs> bring it back to serious. Fuck. This is, you know what? This, I've never sworn so much on, on this, <laughs> on this podcast before. I've never been so emotional. You know what? I did, when we started recording, I said, I don't want to do this. And Ben said, I don't want to do this. And we're like, let's press record. <laughs> let's let's press do this. Record. We got to do this. <laughs> We have to do it. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's we knew this moment was coming. We going into season six, we dreaded it because we knew yeah. we had to talk about it. Um, and we're not done. There's more emotion. Like I said, I, I I talked to you about this and I don't remember. Again, this is something else we might have talked about before we were recording. I just on pure happenstance went back and watched a few minutes of the series finale and fucking cried just from the few minutes that I watched. So yes, we got emotional from this. We're not done. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Golly. We're not done being depressed. Face your emotions. <laughs> Buckle in everybody. Oh, well, but the next show is not going to help us that much either. No, there's some moments in the next series in Ted Lasso too. Oh, oh, oh yeah. That I are going to be excited. That are going to be. I'm excited depressing to talk about too. So um, I I want to just talk a little bit about all the irony in this episode. Okay. And maybe the irony could be like, you know, callbacks or situations or but there's so much irony in this episode. Um 
it, it's really kind of remarkable to me. So um, Sawyer, who wanted to rescue his friends from the island, is responsible for the deaths of Sun, Jin, and Saeed. Uh, Jack, Jin, and Sawyer lift off the cabinet that is pinning Sun in the submarine only to find that she's still pinned by another bar. Um, Jin miraculously survives the explosion of Kahana after being left behind by Sun, but dies in the submarine explosion, this time choosing to stay at Sun's side. Um, Sun considers Jin dead after witnessing Kahana's destruction. After three years of separation, she's finally reunited with Jin, who is still alive only to die with him in another explosion on another boat. Both Woodmore's boats were destroyed by Woodmore's own C4 explosives. Uh, oh, Sawyer's, that's a good point. Sawyer's group originally leaves Saeed out of their plan to get off the island. It is then Saeed who kills himself to save the very group that abandoned him. Um, Saeed once sought redemption by dissuading a friend from martyring herself with C4, achieves it by martyring himself with C4. Uh, Hurley did not find the first aid kit, but it was right behind Lapidus. Um, Sawyer, the longtime con man, falls for a con created by Notlock. Uh, he thought it was his own decision when he left the ma- when he left Notlock out of the sub, but it was actually a con by Notlock. Um, the man in black explains to the to the A team, <laughs> I put that in quotes, <laughs> that Widmore wanted them all on the plane in a small enclosed space so that they could not get out of in order to kill them all at once. He enacted that very same plan on the submarine. On the island, Jock Locke wants to kill Jack because he is a candidate. In the flash sideways timeline, Jack wants to save Locke because he is a candidate. Oh, um, that's a good one, too. In the original timeline, Anthony Cooper is responsible for Locke's condition. In the Flash Sideways timeline, Locke is responsible for Anthony Cooper's condition. Uh, Locke, to regain the use of his legs, and I already said that, when Locke, so the plane, a plane crash took away Locke's legs in Flash Sideways. In the original timeline, a plane crash gave him back his legs. Um, it's just, like, filled to the brim with just all this weird irony and well, and there's another one too, that I don't know if you mentioned, or I don't think you, you mentioned either. And it's the Doral sack in Locke's back. (gasps) Remember Jack repaired Locke's Doral sack to save his life. Whereas he damaged Ben's in order to hold him hostage. Yes. So, I mean, there's another one there. That Doral sack has come into play again with Jack. Yes. Just different results in the same episode with the cages. Yeah. Oh yeah. That. Yeah. That's very true. They're in the same spot. I love it that that Sawyer's just sitting there going, "You feel like you're running in circles, man. <laughs> How are we here?" And I'm, and you know, I think, I I think I would have the same reaction. I'd be like, "How? How are we here?" Well, but I mean, here's the question, though. Kate knows how to get out of those cages. She's gotten out before. She's small enough to climb out the top. It? I don't think Widmore would have known to reinforcement. How does he know that Kate knows how to get out of there? I don't know. Because Kate climbed out the climb out the top last time. Yeah. Because she goes in and she climbs in with Sawyer. She needed to get that booty. <laughs> She's like, I need me some Sawyer. That's a lot of great. Like I, I even like the the. Yeah, there's a lot of great irony. It's. I mean, it's just thick with irony. I mean, there's even the whole, like, uh, Jack tells Locke, uh, 
what happened happened. He says that he wished Locke believed him. Um, you know, these are all things that Locke once said to Jack, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we've got complete role reversals. We've got irony going like haywire everywhere. I mean, this is really, I think, where these two stories, the original timeline and the flash sideways, I think this is the episode where everything starts to really merge together to get to that end point that we've been all kind of, you know, getting to this entire season. Well, I mean, and I completely agree. Cause like you said, the next episode is, <clears throat> excuse me, is a bottle episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the final two episodes are back to our, uh, our, our castaways. And it's, it's it. Like we are, we are on our way out with these last two episodes. So yeah, yeah this, this pretty much brings like, this is setting everything up. So, Yes, you're totally right. Sorry, I had one more thing that I wanted to mention. In the season two finale, Michael is charged by the others to bring four survivors to them. Jack, Kate, Sawyer, and Hurley. In this episode, these four characters survive the submarine to become the final surviving candidates. Also, in the season two finale, another group of survivors... Well, Kate's not a candidate. Okay, but also in the season two finale, another group of survivors make a plan with Jack to sail around the island on the Elizabeth and prepare an ambush for the others. The three characters on that sailboat are Sun, Jin, and Saeed, who all die aboard the submarine in this episode. Okay. As I mentioned, though, it's a little, that one's a little flimsier just because Kate's not a candidate. Well, then, you know, she's still there. True. Very true. So they're the uh, final surviving people. So that now leaves, as far as candidates go, Jack, Hurley, and Sawyer. Sawyer. Mm -hmm. We are down to the final three. And, you know, Sawyer's just not in any way, shape, or form ready to be any sort of a protector for anybody anymore, ever. Yeah. So I think we're really down to Jack and Hurley. And as we also mentioned, they are the two most important people when it comes to this story. Jack and Jack, Hurley. Jack and Hurley. Yeah. Hurley ultimately is the true guardian of the island, while Jack is the protector of the island. Mm-hmm. I, they have and, they hold two different roles, but they're both just as important. It would have been nice to see both of them standing at the end, but I do I do like the way that Jack's story is closed out. So, you know, I'm 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 good with both. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So and I like the fact that again, they both have their roles to play and by this point, protector is a good role for Jack. Mm-hmm. Like you said, like you said at the beginning of this episode to kind of bookend it, he's finally living up to the name Shepard. Mm-hmm. He is. He he truly, truly is. And he hasn't this entire series. He hasn't. And now that he's awesome, uh, it's going to all go away. Yeah. Uh, this is not deserved, but I'm just going to play it because it's in memory of the Jack that we once had. <laughs> and I don't feel like we will ever get to play the sound effect again. Hit it. Uh, Jack just sucks. <laughs> but but Steve, he doesn't. He <laughs> he doesn't anymore. Again, no, not um, not anymore. No. Like I said, that was just more in memory of the old Jack. Mm-hmm. Uh, because again, I don't think we're going to get another opportunity to play it. Maybe we so, will. Maybe we'll find. Maybe we'll find like a really small thing. Like, oh, he picked his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, why did you use that bamboo to scrape your teeth? Because I suck. 
That's what they do on Survivor. Um, <laughs> I just have like a couple more quick things, and then I, we've pretty much covered everything I have. Um, the last, the last line that was in the script that wasn't said uh, was, "It's a two-man job." And what when was that Locke in regards was, to when Locke was um, unconscious, and he says, "Push the button." What does he say? He says, push mm. the button. Push the button. I wish you had believed me. And it, in the script, it was supposed to be, it's a two-man job. I can get why that's cut, though, because what, what would that be? In, like, why I would, would have enjoyed, be I would have enjoyed, don't tell me what I can't do. Yeah, that, that, yeah, I would have enjoyed that, too. Yep. That, to me, speaks more lock. Yes, and, 100%. Or, and, and real lock. But like do you the, think that that would have been too heavy-handed, don't tell me what I can't do? Maybe. I don't know. I still would have enjoyed hearing it. I think we fan service. Yeah. It just it would have been straight up fan service and nothing Probably. more that added to the story. Probably. Um, two quick little things uh that I noticed. Uh the Apollo bar out of the vending mm-hmm. machine. Uh Clear didn't you, want any. <laughs> and did you notice what the song was that the music box played? Catch a falling star yep. and put it in your pocket. Save it for a rainy day. Which I thought was a great little callback to everything that has happened. Seriously, that song playing and them like looking and smiling in the mirror. I mean, I just feel like I saw them like this little flash of what they could have been growing up together. I, <laughs> I think if I remember correctly, I think there's a scene that we'll get in not next episode because that's the bottle uh, across the street. That's the bottle, but in right. episode 16, what they died for. I think we, we see that moment where Jack brings Claire home and introduces her to David. Um, and David as, as a David, as a young boy, I can't imagine. Never. I'm, I'm not even going to say what I'm going to say. I'm, oh, if you guys can't see it, but he's crying. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> It's not that. I was going to go into David realizing that his aunt is hot. Um, <laughs> Dear God. Just Never mind. Me. Nobody's Sorry. crying anymore. Nobody's crying. crying anymore. You're crying because you still have the podcast with me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so we get that final moment with Jack and Locke in the hospital. And we get the what happened happened line being said again. But this time it's in regards to Jack trying to get Locke into accepting what has happened to himself. Mm -hmm. Like he's got to stop punishing himself. You have to accept the fact that whatever happened, happened. There's no bringing your father back. I've been through this. And I love the fact that Jack says to him, I was kind of hoping you'd go first. What a great, seriously. I think that that's the best scene of the entire episode was that, that their conversation in the, in the hospital hallway. Yeah. And that's saying a lot because this episode as awful gut-wrenching as it is. It's one of the best episodes of the series. Well, I mean, again, like I'm looking at the IMDB rankings and that we've get, given them. Abiturno got a 9.2. It's the highest rated episode of the season. And we know that the end gets a 9. Um, the Candidate is an 8.9. It is the third highest rated episode in the, in the season. It's a phenomenal episode of television. It's just gut-wrenching and horrifying and plays on all of your emotions and makes you want to go and eat cookie dough in bed at the end. <laughs> but also at the end, too, I love the fact that I don't know if Jack does it intentionally or 
if it's just purely coincidence. But as Jack, as Locke kind of is still refusing to accept the help and he's real and he's rolling away. And Jack says to Locke, I could have helped you. I wish you would have believed me. He's using Locke's line. Again, right. another reflection. And it makes Locke stop. It does. Because it that, does. He, that connects with him. I wonder how it connects with him. I, I think he kind of maybe just realizes, like, because remember, it's something that he said when he was unconscious. No, that's what I'm saying is oh. I think that I, I wonder if it's connecting with him because what he's saying is true to Locke in this moment, or if it's because he's making the connection because he's realizing that they know each other from somewhere else. I think it. I think that's just it. I think it's, I don't know if it's, to the degree where he he knows him from somewhere else. But there's like a I, flash of it. It makes him realize there's there's a connection between him and Jack. Mm-hmm. He doesn't know what it is, but he's curious now. And he's going to allow himself to explore it. Now. You know, and he's still, Jack is still operating as a man of faith in this. Mm-hmm. And Locke is, is definitely not... He's not a man of science, or maybe he's a man of science, but he's Locke is broken in a much different way in the flash sideways. He's not angry. He's not rash. He's not, um, he's not even toxic. He's just sad and defeated and thinks he deserves it. Yeah. Um, the only other note I have, it is the final note in, in my bullet points is just called the turn. Uh, And it's because it's what we get with not luck up until this point. It can be questioned as to what his true intentions are. You can't question him anymore. His intent was to kill everyone. And when he smile on his face, when he's like, Claire, you don't want to get on that boat. I'm like, Oh, and when he walks off at the end, telling Claire, I'm going to finish what I started. Mm-hmm. We now know the true intentions. He is the villain of the story. There's no good about him. He needs them to die. But he does it in a way where he never lies to them. Yeah. Well, we've been saying that for weeks now. He right, never it's lies. Just, it's crazy to me that he was able to do this entire plan without once lying to them. He has had centuries to practice manipulation without lying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he has I mean, perfected it. He did lie by, by omission, but if you take lying by omission out, I mean, he, in the true technical sense of the term, he never lies to them. Yep. He never speaks a lie. Interesting. And he's able to manipulate them while telling them the truth. I know. It is a... Master, it is course. a master manipulation. Yep, he is a master manipulator, and which is crazy because in the original, in, in original Locke, was it master manipulatee? Well, that's one of the reasons too why he even says, "Well, Man in Black says why he chose that body, right?" It's because John Locke was gullible, Get, right? That's what I'm saying, though, is that it's it's just it's those ironies again. So if you th- if you think about that. In that aspect, John Locke really is the perfect person for him to take because not only does he know that John Locke is gullible, everybody else knows that John Locke is gullible. Right. Which makes 
everything that this guy says as John Locke believable. Right. It's it very the, well done. It is the master plan. Yeah. And it works. Master plan. It works almost flawlessly. It's not a Leslie Note master plan. <laughs> But it is a master plan. Well, because there's no binders. He doesn't have right. the tabs. He doesn't have all that stuff. Cascading tabs. <laughs> he opened up a, new a shop banner. In Oaxaca. There's no banners. Um. So yeah, that's that's pretty much all I have. Is you know, it ends on that turn, and then we get a bottle episode. So they make us wait. I hate that. And then we wrap but it. Good all job. Up. Good job, guys. But I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> I think in two weeks I might go back and rewatch this episode, even though I don't want to, and then go right into what they died for. Uh, yeah, I could see, I could see how that you know would probably I mean? that might be helpful. Yeah, I might. And then again, I might just say I'm never doing that again. And we we'll know see. we know we'll watch this episode again. I know because we know we will rewatch the show again. Well, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to start over from the beginning with the kids. So, yeah, yeah. How do you how do you that. think they're going to take? They're going to cry. I just watched four seasons of Stranger Things with them. They are emotional about television now. <laughs> That's awesome too. By the way, I love the fact that your kids get emotional at it. Um, not because I want to see them cry, um, <laughs> but child hater. I'm not a child hater. <laughs> Um, oh, my kids love Mr. Ben. I know, because every time I give a movie on Movie Swap, I actually consider them now. Because they're so cute. Um, so I, I'm I'm very curious how your kids are going to react to watching a lot of this stuff, especially towards the end and like the points that we're in now. Yeah, they do really well with like puzzle shows like this. I've noticed Stranger Things, they are really good at piecing together. Um um, like movies like Ocean's Eleven, The Matrix, they got immediately. So, we'll that's see. awesome. Yeah. Any final notes about the episode on your end? No, Any? other than the fact that I, you know, need to go wash my face. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So next episode of Lost, we're going to discuss is episode fifteen of season six, Across the Sea, Across the Sea, and this is all a. Bottle episode, as we've been mentioning, this is all about Jacob, his brother, and his mother. Yep, and that's so, it. There's not a lot about this episode I remember. I'm going in pretty pretty fresh to this because I don't remember a lot. Oh, I remember this episode. I love this episode. I really, truly love this episode. Um, <clears throat> it would have been nice to have seen maybe a spinoff series of this story. There, um, is, a, there is a major reveal. I do remember about this episode. Yeah. Uh, in that it's revealed who the, the bodies in the cave are. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a call back to season one. I mean, yes. it is a yes, big yes. reveal from a question of season one. It is. Well, it's a low-level mystery that's been bugging us for years. <laughs> one of the many mysteries that gets resolved of the many that do not. Yes. So, um. Cool. So that brings us now into the feedback section of the podcast in which our friend Jason has left us a voicemail. Uh, as I mentioned before, Steve, who usually does, uh, has 
did not leave us a voicemail this week. I'm pretty sure it's probably because he's busy uh, because Steve just celebrated his birthday. So happy birthday, Steve. Happy birthday, Steve. Uh, but again, Let's our go find a fucking windmill. <laughs> Let's go find a fucking windmill. <laughs> I hope uh, that you found a windmill on your birthday, Steve. So that leaves us, as I mentioned, to our, our new friend Jason has left us a feedback. So let's listen to that now. Hi, Ben and Kristen. This is Jason in San Jose leaving feedback for the candidate. I am just getting back from seeing night one of a Metallica concert live stream to movie theaters around the world. So I'm hoping I'll be able to get this recording in on time. You did. Anyway, before getting to this week's episode, I wanted to say how fun it was to watch the Getting Lost live stream. And if you didn't get a chance to see it, the videos are now up on their YouTube channel. It was basically the producers talking about crowdfunding to help complete the project and the various things you can sign up to get for helping out. I signed up to receive the Blu-ray when the documentary is finished. Their Indiegogo page has a really cool five-minute trailer for some of their footage they've put together so far, as well as a new Dharma video from Pierre Chang. That's awesome. And I was also so excited to see Ryan Ozawa from the Transmission podcast, both in the documentary and the live stream. Ryan lives on Oahu and back in the day did a lot of on-location sleuthing whenever they were filming on Lost. Bringing back to the Lost community who was on set, what the location was, and trying to take a guess as to what was happening. Just before Jorge Garcia joined the streaming event, the sound was starting to cut out, so they had to start a new feed, which I didn't get to see live, but just finished watching it on YouTube. And that one also included Sterling Beaumont, who played young Ben Linus. And needless to say, I am really excited to be a supporter of the documentary and can't wait to see what they put together. With that out of the way, on to the candidate. The mirror moment for the week, Jack saw his reflection with Claire in the music box. And it's interesting that Jack shared the reflection with Locke in the previous episode and now sharing with Claire. And I'm wondering if this could be an indication that Jack will be the candidate. Speaking of candidate, it was really fun to see the title of the episode referring to Locke as a candidate for surgery instead of revealing who the candidate will be to be the island's protector. In the flash sideways, I thought Jack was starting to make connections from all the people that were on Oceanic 815, Bernard, Claire, Locke, etc., and so for a few weeks, I've talked about other characters waking up off camera, and I'm wondering if Bernard and Rose had their wake-up moment. When it first aired, I remembered thinking Bernard seems to know more than he's letting on. And I believe there's another scene in the next few episodes with both Rose and Bernard that indicates that they remember their past lives. Back to the island, there was a nice reference to Enter 7-7, when Locke had the C4 in the backpack and foreshadowing that he wanted to blow up the sub. I love the exchange between Jack and Saeed as the bomb was about to explode. Why are you telling me this? Because it's going to be you, Jack. Easily my favorite moment in the episode was Jin trying to help save Sun. 
The lack of feeling that I had for Sun and Jin's reunion in the previous episode, it sure made up for it in their death. Damn you, Giacchino, for your life and death theme. Stop. <laughs> stop it. Oh my gosh, stop it. Their hands not- are separating. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Anytime I hear that, the tears start welling up. Yeah, thanks, When it dude. first aired, <laughs> I remember the commercial break as their hands drifted apart. Oh. Just feeling so sad. And then, what? That wasn't the end of the episode? And just to bring on more tears, seeing Hurley and the others breaking down, as Jack tells them, Sun and Jin didn't make it, just <laughs> killed me. What? A great episode. So as we approach the end, I look forward to next week's polarizing episode across the sea. Until then, this is Jason in San Jose. Namaste. Oh, come on. (laughs) I'd say thank you for your voicemail, but I feel attacked. (laughs) No, thank you for your voicemail. I we, are, can, can we cut it off, please? <laughs> I'd let I'd let it play out. Um, uh, it's I, I agree. Like Jacino is, I've actually tried having Michael on my Wilhelm podcast, and unfortunately, he doesn't do a, many. Um, and not to mention the fact that he's working on so many movies right now. Um, he's composing so many films, or at least at the time that he just was not available to uh, to talk. Um, but his music is so like his music is wonderful. And that theme, you're right, is very emotional. And I can I kind of get it. You broke Kristen, just listening to it. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to seeing that documentary. I'm gonna have yeah, to go too. to that page. And he did send me a link to it. I'm gonna put it in the show notes of this episode. It's a Facebook link, so you have to have Facebook uh to get to it. But I'll I'll post it in the show notes this week. Awesome. Uh, so people can check it out. I also like the idea that Bernard knows what's going on. Yeah. I love that. I didn't pick up on it, but now that he said that, totally, totally agree, totally on board with that. That is officially my headcanon now. Well, just the fact that he says, like, I can't break doctor, you know, patient confidentiality, but, and still gives him just enough information to kind of get through it. There's a little bit of element there that, yeah, maybe he, maybe he is aware. But he smiles at Jack. He's like, oh, hi, Jack. And he smiles at him like a familiar smile. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch that again with that in mind. Oh, no, I have to watch it again. Okay. (laughs) Well, you were going to do it anyway before next week. I know. Oh, gosh. (laughs) It's a really like frustrating and emotional recording. So uh, thank you again, Jason, for your, uh, as always, for your awesome voicemails um i love the fact that he throws like music and clips and everything into him uh even though this one annoyed Kristen in a loving way annoyed in a loving way not in a bad way Uh. yeah (laughs) uh so three more episodes of the podcast covering lost we have 615 which is across the sea 616 what they died for and then episodes 17 and 18 the two-part finale the end end. in which uh our friend jason is going to be coming back on he did the pilot with us so 
he's coming back on for the finale. And I'm excited. I want lots of feedback for the finale. Ouch. Don't yell at everybody. Sorry. <laughs> I want lots of feedback for the finale. Is that better? Yes. More that's a, You know, it's a little better. I like it. Okay. I have a uh, recommendation for this week. Um, yeah, but let's talk about we'll, it because I think we're but, done. Okay. If you yeah. want to uh, give us feedback, you can do that in this oh, yeah. way. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we encourage the feedback for everything, whether it's past episodes we've talked about or the episodes we have coming up. Easiest way to do that is go to revisitedpod.com. You'll find the links for everything there. Or you can email us directly. Just send us an email or record yourself in a voicemail and send it to us at revisited, feedback at revisitedpod.com. Now that that's been said, what's your recommendation for this week? Dave and I just started watching a new show, and we just finished season one of The Bear. I want to watch it. It is fantastic. Way better than I thought it was going to be. I stayed away from that show for a really long time because they said it was so realistic to restaurant life, and I worked in a restaurant for 15 years. Um, So I would say that it is very realistic to restaurant life, but from a back-of-the-house perspective, standpoint. I was a front of the house person. I was a waitress. I was a host. I was a server. Um, but I never worked in the back of the house. Um, you know, as a, as a chef, a cook, a line cook, a prepper, a dishwasher, um, you know, anything like that. And I really think that it is, it's very true to how restaurants, um, operate. But aside from all of that, the story is phenomenal and I can't wait to start season two because season one was excellent. And I hear there's a lot of special guest appearances in the episodes as well as the people yes. who appear in the restaurant. Um, apparently, I, I haven't seen it yet, but I've heard that there is a phenomenal episode in season two that has John Bernthal. Uh, season one. Oh, that John is season Bernthal. one. Okay. Mm-hmm. And it's great. And he I, and I wouldn't be surprised if he came back in season two. Uh, but season one, yeah, he when he appears, I'm like. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. So, um, yeah, Oliver Platt is in it. Oh, um, I love Oliver Platt. I haven't yeah. seen him do anything for a while either. Yeah, he's great in it. So I highly recommend it. Go out and watch it. Um, it's it's great. Tugs on all all the heartstrings and it makes you laugh. It, that, you know, there's a little bit of a mystery in it. That I, just I recommend made, it. That just made me think of a movie I might be able to recommend you for movie swap. Um which, by the way, that's going to be my recommendation. Just go over to wilhelmpodcast.com and check out Kristen and I's movie swap, which yeah. we're, we've been doing every week. But because of like Kristen being back to work uh, and all these other podcasts that we're doing with Ahsoka starting up over on Podcastica, Woo-hoo. Wheel of Time is going to be starting up on Podcastica. So we're Woo-hoo. both going to be busy. Um, we're going to do it every two weeks rather than every week. Um, so it'll be a little easier for people to keep up with as well. Plus, it gives us a little bit of extra time to watch the movies. Actually watch the movies. Because as it stands right now, we have, both of us have not watched <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, but I'll ask but you But I now, have watched the entire first season of The Bear, so, you know. <laughs> oh, I've, I'm going through like half the season of Las Vegas, and I'm in right. season two of CSI, um, of rewatching CSI. Um, have you ever seen a movie with Oliver Platt called three to tango no okay it is oliver platt and matthew perry so i will not watch that and i'll just wait until you assign it to me okay yes okay. please do i will add it to my list okay um because it is an amazing movie where i won't tell you the plot i'll just leave it at that with Perfect. those two cast members sounds um, good 
So uh, as I mentioned, Podcastica as well, Kristen is going to be starting up Ahsoka with Jonathan and um, James. James, thank you. I keep forgetting. And that episode, the first episode should be out. We did a pre, pre-show episode. Uh, okay. Just just this past week, so it wasn't out yesterday. Uh, we're recording this on a, on a Sunday. Uh, it wasn't out this past Saturday, but um, it should be out soon. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And as I mentioned, Wheel of Time on Amazon is a pot is an is a show that I record with on a or record about on Podcastica with our friends Greg and Wendy. Um, unfortunately, I think Wendy is not going to be joining us for season two. Um, oh, because well, she, Greg's great. Greg is a lot of fun. I love podcasting with Greg. Um, I don't know if we're going to be replacing Wendy or if it's just going to be Greg and I, but we're going to be gearing up for that because that starts in a couple weeks. Um, And then there's all this other stuff that is happening on Podcastica as well. Easiest way to check everything out. Just go to podcastica.com, click on the podcast link, and you'll see all the great shows that are being covered over there. And as we mentioned every week, there's something for everyone. And I do want to point out just one show. Um, I want, if you guys like the white Lotus, uh, I highly recommend going out to podcastka and checking out their new uh, podcast that they just started uh, covering the white Lotus. Um, And if you like it, give it a rate and a review. That would really help them a lot. Yeah. As I, I recommend doing that for any of the podcasts over there that you listen to. If you, if you check them out and you like it, uh, leave a, a you know rate the podcast leave a review as i recommend do that with us as well um with yeah. with revisited if you're if you're enjoying it even if you don't want to leave feedback just give us your thoughts whatever app that you're listening to it whether it be apple or spotify do us a huge favor go rate and review the podcast especially now it's going to really help us out as we're heading into ted lasso mm-hmm. because if we get a lot of ratings and reviews now it's going to boost the podcast up which will get a lot more attention as we jump into Ted Lasso. Yes. So if you're not going to leave feedback, it's totally fine. We just appreciate it. If you give us a, a rate, the podcast and give us a review online. Thank you. So, yeah. And thank you in advance. I think that's it. Yeah. For this that's week. all I got. Me too. So with that being said, thank you as always for listening, uh, for being a part of this whole journey that we're on. But until next time, we'll see you guys further on down that rabbit hole. Take care. Bye. We have to go back, Kate. We have to go back.